Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning, folks, and I hope you guys are rocking. Today it is a nice drizzle coming down, and I tell you what, it has been a while uh, since we have had some rain, so having this right now is phenomenal. It's kind of interesting because down south they are getting their butts kicked right now. It is a massive rain, crazy stuff going on. We thought we were going to get a heavy boatload of this, but from what I've been able to see, uh, we're not. We've got some, some surf that's come in, and we've got a nice drizzle. It's kind of that romantic, wintry feeling that's out there. And uh, I don't know about you, but I, I kind of get excited when I see stuff like this um, because I know that it's that wintry feeling just a few a few more weeks, and we'll be into that, that big holiday season of Thanksgiving this of Christmas, but today, weird, because normal isn't working, we're in chapter 2, no time like the present, Henry David Thoreau, which is a, a phenomenal, I've got a lot of his books now on ebook because all of the copyrights are over and I could get them, but back in the 17th, 18th, I guess it would be the 19th century, he wrote this, you must live in the present, launch yourself on every wave, Find your eternity in every moment. I think back to the 19th century, the opening up of America. And this isn't in Craig's book. I'm just I'm analyzing for a second. And I got to thinking, you know, the gateway of the West was St. Louis. It would take months to go from St. Louis over the Oregon Trail. Think of the time you'd have sitting in a wagon, talking to your spouse, watching your kids play as they run around the wagon train. Not not making light that you had to pay attention. There's Indians and all that stuff. But I'm thinking, man, we called it a simpler time, but they were called pioneers. It's interesting when you analyze and you look backwards. Today we're in a technical busy world, TV, VCR, iPads, iPhones. My 17-year-old said, Dad, I think I'm old enough to have my own phone line. Can you go ahead and transfer my phone over and get me an iPhone? I said, yeah, if you want to pay for it, that's fine. We're there. Craig writes in here a story. He went out to a restaurant, and he goes, as I looked over at a table of about six people, they all had their heads bowed, and I thought, man, this is great to see people praying before a meal. He said, as I looked closer, I realized they were all texting. They weren't praying. He quotes some stats that I found interesting. He said, according to Nielsen, the average person spends 28 hours in front of their television each week. This is in addition to the 16 hours a week on average that they spend in front of their computers. I can honestly say most people now probably watch their TV on their computers. It's no wonder... We see issues coming up constantly, disconnectedness. It's funny, I'm going to be doing a series up and coming. Actually, I'm going to be writing, it might be a book, but it's at least going to be a series of articles on friendship because even our friendships have become disconnected. I have almost 5,000 friends on Facebook, and yet I don't have one close friend that I can go to in confidence outside of my spouse. It's funny in that how that works. 
I look back, and I'm going to segue again out of his book for a second. I remember growing up, and my mom and dad, especially my mom, don't run around with those people. Those people don't go to church. Those people are going to just get you in trouble. And and she was right for the most part, except some of my church friends got me in more trouble. But today, I don't get to say that so much to my kids about don't run around with those people. Now I've got to say, man, you don't need to be on that website. That crap's still in your mind. See, the, the delivery mechanism that is used is different, but the principles behind are the same. And I think sometimes that's what we've got to look at. And that's what Craig's getting at. We have to be present and accounted for. He says, right now, even as you read this, how many other thoughts are swimming around in your head? Gosh, I'm sitting here doing the radio show, reading out of the book, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, it's raining, and this is Papa's day to take the girl somewhere. What am I going to do? I go to bed at night, and, and there's no silence anymore. We're so busy with our life that we stop slowing down. Ask yourself this. When you're with people that you love, what are the chances that your mind is somewhere else? Now, I've trained myself to listen to my wife so that I can enjoy that. It didn't used to be that way. I was so selfish. I just wanted to talk, 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 talk. Now I can drive three hours down the beach and never say a word, just enjoying her voice. Through a series of circumstances lately, I realized that one day I may not hear her voice. That's kind of hit me full bore. Because I realized time is so precious. And that's what Craig's talking about. Time is precious. He said, wives in particular explain that even when their husbands are home, their husbands' minds often seem to be elsewhere. What I haven't trained myself in is not to look at my text message or not to look at my email, and I'm working on that now. So I think we all are a work in progress. So I think most of our not present thoughts have nothing to do with stuff that just is in our private thoughts. I think it also has to do with everything else. How many times... Have you jumped in the car, you've headed out, you knew you needed to go one direction, and you ended up going another direction because your mind was elsewhere? Or how many times have you been on the road and you remember leaving your destination and then you remember hitting the driveway at home, but you don't remember what happened in between? See, we all do this. One day Craig talks about what Amy said to him. And in a very understanding spirit, a very loving way, she said, I know, Craig, that you have a lot going on at church, and I will always support you in that. But when you're with our family, can you please be here? My wife has been crying that out for years. See, I think we all will go through these situations. And you can sum it up with saying, wherever you're at, be there, be present. Be focused on that. Remember, this is about being weird, not being normal. And Craig says, normal people live distracted 
rarely fully present lives. However, weird people silence the distractions and remain fully in the moment. It's an unusual practice that can radically improve the quality of your life and the depth of your relationships. As I was sitting looking at the harbor today, realizing that in just a few days the restaurant will close, the Lord brought to my mind how it used to be. I didn't go to a restaurant. I would get up at the same time in the mornings. It'd still be dark, and I'd head to the beach, and I would walk up and down the beach for hours. Praying and listening, praying and listening. Setting down, writing in my journal. I'm going back to that simplistic method because I want to be weird. Craig says, what about if we had a 25-8 in our life? And when I saw that, I thought 25-8. And he says, As we explored in the last chapter, simply having more time isn't the answer. While busyness is categorically the norm, at least in most of the Western world, it's not the solution. And and many of us will say, oh, I just wish I had one more hour in my day. Oh, I wish I just had more time. He says, what happens if God gave us 25 hours in the day? Or better yet, what if he decided to give us an eighth day in the week? which would amount to about three extra hours a day. Ask yourself this question. How would you spend that time? What would you do if God gave you those extra hours? I, I would I would venture to guess that most of us would do more about the chores that were undone, do more about the house that needed fixing up, work more on the projects that weren't finished, ask our wife for more sex, ask our husbands to leave us alone. We have chores to do. We have the kids to take care of. See where I'm going with this? But I bet none of us would just sit down and say, it's time to focus on building a relationship. For some reason, when we look at this, we're burnt out, we're busy, and the relationships in our lives have gone to the back burner. How, I mean, think about this for a minute, and, and I kind of talk about this in, in, in the little bios we put on the, on the Internet, but listen to this for a minute. Did you ever wonder why friends with fringe benefits is okay these days? Did you ever wonder why affairs with women are almost as high as men and, and, and it's okay? Why is it we've moved from phone sex to Internet sex and that's okay? See, the need for intimate conversation, the need to build relationships isn't there anymore. It's just that instant gratification of what we need right this second. We're going to get into that into a later chapter, but but it, but it kind of segues here. See, the answer isn't about more time. It's about having the awareness of doing what is important instead of what is urgent. If you know, if if God was to come to you today and say, I've, I've got a matter of fact, I got another book. Maybe we'll do this. That you have thirty days to live. Would you focus those 30 days on what was just urgent? Or would you focus those 30 days on what is most important? 
What are the memories that you should be making? What are the memories you should be writing down? What are some of the the unfinished conversations that you want to have? See, I think this is where we're going. If we want to be weird, then we need to build the relationships, cultivate what we have, and stop trying to, to get more on the pretense that someday... There's an old song called Cats in the Cradle with a Silver Spoon. Little boy blue and the man in the moon. When you coming home, Dad, I don't know when, but we'll get together then. We're going to have a good time. The song's verses go on with the dad singing this, and then all of a sudden, it's the little boy singing it. Actually, it's the little boy singing it, and then it's the dad singing it. little boy wants to know when his dad's coming home, and all of a sudden the dad's saying, Son, when are you coming home? It's kind of the way our lives get, doesn't it? See, those are the things that we have to think about. How many times have you said, Time out, son. Time out, hon. There's something you did naughty, and now you're in time out. Maybe it's time for you and I to have a timeout. Maybe it's time that we get to rest. I mean, think about this. When was the last time you had an uninterrupted night's sleep? A quiet morning over a cup of coffee, just as I did today watching it rain. Maybe a stroll along the beach, and all you got to hear was the waves. And you did it guilt-free. Oh, my gosh, you got to get back to the kids, the grandkids, the husband, the wife, whatever. I remember Paige just the other day screaming at me through a text message in bold cap letters. And I'm going to paraphrase my mental capacity as a man. Leave me alone. I have too much on my plate. I have deadlines. I have the kids. I have the house. I have my future. I don't have time for you. My paraphrase. She wouldn't say it like that. But I realized how overwhelmed she was. So I started doing some more on the laundry. I started picking up chores around the house. I I took Sunday because I don't want her to become overwhelmed. And I could see that that's what was happening. And I got plenty of time in my life until God calls me home to be able to, to adjust and adapt and fix my situations. But how many of us don't have the time that we want and we're looking for it? Do you ever just sit down sometimes and reflect on your life? Not on the negative crap, good Lord, we can't get in, but reflect and share with a loved one all those good memories that you have. See, I'm a firm believer, if you want to work on on helping somebody to be positive, to helping somebody ease any type of of frustration mentally that they have. And I'm not a, a psychologist or a psychiatrist by by training, but I've sure studied it a lot. Then I realize you focus on the positive. See, I don't go around, well, Paige is a bitch. I don't do that. But, man, I can tell you about some great times that we have had. Trips that we've taken to the lake, camping, vacations, Times alone, walking down the beach, eating breakfast out by the water. 
See, when you think about the fun times, all of a sudden it really does put the, the small times in perspective. There was a time when if my phone rang and it was my boss, it didn't matter if she was right in the middle of telling me something that was devastating to her, I'd tell her to shut up, let me get take this call real quick. It got to the point where when that phone went off, she hated to hear his voice. One day it dawned on me, I'm just not answering the phone no matter who calls me. And very seldom when I'm on a drive do I. And if I know it's an important call, I'll say, let me tell them I'm on a drive so they don't think I'm ignoring them. See, when you're with the people that you love and you do not connect intimately with each other, then little by little you will you will cause a canyon larger than the Grand Canyon to be between you. You know, for you that follow the teachings of Jesus Christ and, and you read the Bible, I guess the analogy that could be used would be time in the Garden of Eden before Eve decided to eat from the, the tree of knowledge and after. See, before there was that intimate relationship between her and her husband and God. Afterwards, there was a strained but intimate relationship between her, her husband, and God. Now, I don't know about you, but I'd think a, a, an intimate relationship without the strain, where you just you learn to communicate and you learn to talk and you love each other. In Ephesians five fifteen and seventeen, it says something like this: It says, "Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most." of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Now, I believe when we look at that and we just put it in perspective of today's society, we start to realize that the days are evil. Busyness is constantly affecting the relationships. Technology affecting the relationships. But when we're weird and not normal, when we decide, I don't want to be like society, I don't want to be that way. I'm not talking about going and building a commune, getting guns and, you know, freaking out. I'm talking about taking back control of your life. When we decide to do that and and we don't let culture divert us, we start living in the present, then we start enjoying the life that God has given us no matter where we're at. That's what I'm talking about. That's the enjoyment of what we've got here. Andy Stanley, another great friend of mine, a friend of Craig's, wrote a book, and maybe we'll do this study someday. It's called The Best Question Ever. And and Craig talks about it in here, but it, but I got the book back down and, and was reading through it, and I thought, man, this is just this is too good. See, too many times we ask the wrong questions. What should I do? Why should I do it? How should I do it? What if if we just had one question that we asked and we just summed it up in three words? Is this wise? Not is it wrong, is it right, is it wise? Man, it puts a whole new perspective on it. You're sitting out at a restaurant, you're there by yourself, some beautiful gal comes in, she sits down by herself. Is it wise if I ask her to join me to eat breakfast so we're not alone? You're working late in the office, young stud there, but you've got to get this this report done. 
is it wise that you two go have a cup of coffee afterwards? You've got this contract, and you know that if you add just an extra decimal, now that it's signed, or you just move that decimal, you can make a bigger commission. Is it wise? We take defensiveness out of questions when we get rid of right and wrong and ask, is it wise? Now, now before you all think I'm a heretic, the end result more than likely will be the same. Jesus never went around asking non-believers, is it right or wrong? He always told stories that presented at the end a decision, either a wise decision or one that was not so wise. Now, when he was talking to those who professed to believe in the law, and in God, then the many times he would ask if things were right or wrong. But when he wasn't dealing with people who already followed, already believed, then he'd say, is this wise? See, is it wise that you spend so much time watching TV instead of reading a good book, a good novel? Is it wise that you sit around moping about life instead of getting out there and, and communicating with at least one person? Ask yourself, is it wise? See, Craig says, if you pause for a moment to consider more than just your availability, then a variety of other availabilities start to come into play. Let's say that you've been attacking debt, so you cut back on non-essentials like cable TV, buying electronics, eating out. You've been working on your marriage. Your spouse has told you that he or she wants regular date night where it's just the two of you, somewhere where you can talk and enjoy each other. Do you make time? Maybe you're trying to lose weight, but the other one keeps bringing home food. Is it wise? Think about this. If we just start saying, is it wise? Is it wise in light of our future plans and dreams? Is it wise based on our current family situation? Is it wise because we know our marriage isn't where God wants it? Is it wise since I planned on going to graduate school? Is it wise that we have two kids in diapers? So is it wise that our 17-year-old only is going to be with us? What, what, those are the things you've got to ask yourself. Is it wise? Make your own list, do your own thing, but you see where I'm going with this. See, it isn't about finding more time. It's not about going out and buying a time management book and doing what normal people say to do. It's about being weird for a while. It's about looking at the gift of time that God has given us and using it wisely for our own situation, our own circumstances. See, maybe it's time to start saying no to some things. Maybe it's time to, to say no to what's good so that you can have better. My friend Dave Ramsey always says, live today different than other people so that down the road you can live differently than other people. And I like that. And you say, Troy, it sounds good in theory, but I still don't have enough time. Start looking at how you spend your time 
and decide if you could invest it more wisely if you change some things. What could you change in your life to build your relationship a little bit more? What can you do in your life to to make your everyday situation a little bit easier? Now, sometimes we're in situations that just are hard, so we've got to deal with that. But even then, we can find something that will make our life just a little bit simpler. Maybe it's music in the background. Maybe it's one of those comfort movies. I have one called The Christmas Card that I just love to watch when I'm stressed. doesn't matter if it's the middle of July. Think about something that can be a comfort for you. Maybe it's just the aroma of a burning candle. Maybe it's fresh-baked cookies. This is what we've got to look at, what we've got to think about. Craig tells a story about losing your marbles. He said, I, I read about a dad who realized he was so busy that he was missing out on his kids' lives. He'd never planned to take them for granted or to deliberately to choose to miss quality times, but he realized that his time with them seemed to continue to melt faster than a popsicle in July. And then he found a way. So when his oldest daughter was a sophomore in high school, he did something that changed his family's life. The wise father purchased a bunch of marbles. Back at home, he carefully counted out 143 marbles and put them in a large jar. According to this dad's calculation, he had 143 Saturdays left before his oldest daughter graduated high school and left home. So the father put 143 marbles in a jar, and each Saturday he pulled one out. The visual reminder was so important that he used it to invest time in places that mattered. Inevitably, he knew he would lose his marbles, but at least this way, he got to decide where they went. I thought that was great. What can you do? yourself. See, despite all our best efforts, we're losing our marbles. It's just a matter of how we enjoy each one. Craig said, God gives us an amazing present every day. Normal people leave the gift unwrapped, unrealized, unappreciated, and it's gone before they know it. But weird people know there's no time like the present. It doesn't matter about the past. What matters is the last days that you have on this earth, which is just today, we never know about tomorrow, is lived to its fullest. In a way that if you went out tonight, you could stand before God Almighty and say, I lived my day with the gift that you've given me to the best of my ability. That's the key. Folks, tomorrow, the rest is up to you. It's going to be a great, great way to end this first section on time. Live life like it's an epic adventure. I'll see you at the top. Be back here tomorrow with me for RealMentorsRadio.com. Bye now.